welcome to episode 32 of Super States, Practices of Transformation with me, your host, Joshua Peters. Super States explores the connection of using trance states in all the ways you can use them uh, to access personal or professional growth. And in every episode, we talk to industry leaders, world-class experts, thinkers who share this, the latest information and tools along with their own personal stories to help inspire you on your journey. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast through your favorite podcast host or on YouTube so you can stay up to date with new episodes. And if you enjoy this show, please give me a five-star review. That's the best way to help us grow. This week, I speak with Ashley Lynn Caputo. Ashley is a clinical hypnotherapist, a yoga therapist, and a neurodynamic breath worker. She's going to take us from trapped in agoraphobia and anxiety to relaxing into trust and surrender. It's time to let go and unwind your mind with Ashley Lynn Caputo. Welcome to Super States. Ashley, you, uh, Ashley Caputo is here with me. Uh, Ashley, I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Now, Ashley, I know you have a, a large variety of, you know, different kind of modalities that you can use with your clients. But if you would describe what it is that you do and how that makes an impact for in people's lives. Uh, yeah. So my overall role, if you will, in my business, in my life is I'm called a clinical hypnotherapist. So I also teach at the hypnotherapy school. So I use multiple modalities. I'm a yoga therapist. I teach yoga. I teach meditation. Um, today, we're going to talk about this uh, wonderful technique that I sometimes use in hypnotherapy, but I also use just privately uh, with you know individual clients for this. And it's neurodynamic breathwork. Yeah. So to describe to us what neurodynamic breathwork is. Ah, to describe it. So the process itself is kind of, it's very similar to what they used to call or do still do call holotropic breathwork, but it, that's a trademark, of course. So it's that rapid kind of breathing without uh, any pauses on the inhalation or exhalation. And what it does is it really alkalizes the system and it puts you kind of into a trance state, a hypnotic state, if you will, um, all by yourself naturally. So one of the cool things about just doing the neurodynamic breathwork is, is once you stop doing the circular breathing, you're going to come out of it pretty quickly. Um, unlike, you know, plant medicines, which are wonderful too, and it, but it can be just as deep and a very similar kind of experience, meaning that you can go to you know, uh, a past life, you can go to um, just physical catharsis, just emotional catharsis, uh, you can go to oneness with everything, um, you can go to a childhood kind of thing. So the, the typical regressions and stuff like that, or kind of a more um, mystical experience, if you will, too. And I, I know from some of the experience that I have had with breathwork, one of the benefits is that the the breath kind of takes, does what it needs to do. Is that same with, with neurodynamic breath work? Yeah. So I've studied many different types of breath work from the pranayama with yoga, yoga therapy to, um, well, I don't really want to say all the different types just in case I, I'm like insulting them in a way by choosing neurodynamic over them, but there are many out there that are very similar. 
Um, what I love about neurodynamic breathwork is that we believe that you have an inner guiding intelligence that you have similar to, to my hypnotherapy training, that the client, you have all the answers within you. So I really am not putting myself on them. I'm here to facilitate, but I do not interfere. I just let a person kind of have their experience and then I just honor whatever comes up or if they need anything, of course, I'm, I'm there to support them. But we just trust that that whatever experience you do have when you're doing this work is what you're meant to have. And it just has been for myself um, so healing and so amazing as well as for, for clients too. Do you, would you share with us uh, a transformational experience that, that you've gone through? Uh, personally? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I don't think any of us, not too many of us really come, I guess some come in like, oh, I'm going to make money and do this business thing. But most of us um, healers don't come in all pretty and like, oh, this is who I, um, so probably, oh, it was probably about 15, 20 years ago. Uh, I was attempting to finish my second degree in college and being nursing. Um, I was in a car accident. My car was totaled. I was not paying for health insurance. So everything just like kind of catapulted. Um, and so my life was a mess. And you would have thought that like the anxiety, I already had this existing anxiety panic. You would have thought like I'd be afraid to get into a car because I needed surgery. I couldn't, you know, but instead, I got afraid to kind of leave my house. I became totally agoraphobic. I just could not function. So this was kind of before Zoom and, and these kind of platforms were really popular. So obviously, I was not working and earning money. And so I had a therapist that I had been seeing a little bit in the beginning when I could still barely function. And she started coming into my home. And she actually said to me, she's like, you know, we're not making this any better. We're kind of making it worse. You're just kind of like making the neural pathways stronger by talking about them in the same way. So she suggested some hypnosis. And at first I was like, no. And then I remembered that I'd used hypnosis as a child when I had a dance injury. But, you know, you get what you want. You're a kid. You kind of forget about it. So it's like, oh, no, this sounds terrible. And so then I went to the Institute of uh, Interpersonal Hypnotherapy here in Florida. And one of their techniques was breathwork. And I fell in love with it. It transformed my life. Everything just completely changed within a matter of, of months, really. But I mean, overall, it took, you know, for everything to really fall into place a couple of years, of course. But I was out of my house within months of doing that. And so then I started, you know, I love hypnosis, too. But some people kind of are like, oh, hypnosis is cray cray, <laughs> you know. So I really like to kind of and I do Reiki and I do yoga. So I let people come to me and say, this is what I want to do. And or this is what I want to work on. And this is the, the means how I want to do it. I don't say, oh, well, Reiki's better for you or, or breathwork. So the people that either are just really into breathwork or are kind of a little leery of, of, you know, hypnosis or something, it's a great process for them. That's or if they kind of don't want to share a lot more of their personal, like, you know, I, you know what regression is like. So of course, there's a lot of sharing and, oh, I don't want to talk to you. I'm like, okay, breathe. <laughs> I don't need to know. <laughs> right. And that, that's what's so amazing about breath work is, at least, again, from my own experience, and I'm not an expert like you are, but you, you, you breathe yourself into this trance state and then like you let that guiding part of you just kind of do what it needs to do, which you may or may not even be aware of what's happening in the yeah it's, it's a wild ride and every time um, is different too it's it's so amazing 
you have a whole lot of different modalities that you practice. So, so you've mentioned yoga, uh, Reiki, uh, hypnotherapy. Uh, I think I saw that you do aromatherapy. So uh, this Dumbled, dynamic, yeah. <laughs> dynamic breath work. So there's all of these different uh, modalities. How did you decide to learn all of them? Like what was the impetus for you? Uh, well, it was really, like I said, it was a lot of my own struggles with um, anxiety, um, which kind of, you know, then leads to depression and insomnia. So, you know, I decided that, um, and of course, I had been on a ton of medications that really weren't doing so great. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like kind of, you know, experience life and, and just figure it out and stuff like that. So when I couldn't experience life or was not experiencing life in the way that I thought was optimal or I couldn't sleep, I'd be like, okay, so let's try this this method out. And I kept like falling in love with all these different methods and, and uh, modalities and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, this works for this and this helps me with this. And so I just like kind of made it my own. I'm like, well, now I got to become certified in that, which, you know, you don't really need to be. And there's probably about 20 other modalities that I'm not certified on that I, that I do love too, but. And what would you say has fundamentally changed about how you work with someone from when you first started until now? Well, you know, I think um, even knowing how that everybody has their own inner process, I think when we're new, when we're green about something, we kind of have this, this response over responsibility, if you will, feeling like, oh, I need to help them. I need to fix them. I need to, to and now I kind of, um, kind of just enjoy the ride. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen today? You know, and I know that they're going to come to what they need to come to. So I really, I do a great deal of screening, of course, to make sure everybody's safe and to make sure that it is a good match. Um, but I don't really stress myself out about what's going to happen during the session because I know like when I first started, um, I think, oh, we've got to spend two hours preparing for the session. I hadn't even, I mean, of course I'd spoken with the person, but I hadn't physically met with them. And of course, as you know, clients, tell you something and then they come to the office they're like well yeah I want to quit smoking but I have this thing that makes me smoke or whatever so there's always mm -hmm. there's more so I just learned to kind of follow the client and that was that was and trust that they're going to come to their own conclusions and, and their own wisdom and it's really more about presence <laughs> yeah I think that's a pretty common experience and what you just said at the end there that presence can be sometimes what they need the most is just to have that safe space. Honestly, I mean, I've had one or two um, clients that I was like, wow, I really don't know what to say to that. And they're like, that's so healing because <laughs> I was just there. And before I would have been like, well, what do you think we need to do? Or, or, you know, so it's kind of nice to just to relax and to just be and to know. Yeah. What would you say is most misunderstood about breathwork in general? Mm. Oh, there's a lot of misunderstandings. I think uh, I think a lot of folks think that it has to be done um, exactly a certain way. And really, while there is a certain pattern of breathing, actually, everybody breathes differently. So I could say it's circular breathing and it's more focused on the inhale than on the exhale. But if you push your exhale, you're still going you're, you're, you know, you're deoxygenating your brain. So you're still going to go there. So I think that um, folks kind of tend to doubt themselves and to think that it has to be done a certain way, or some folks kind of tend to think it's going to be relaxing and it is really not relaxing. <laughs> I mean, the end, the end results can be very relaxing, but actually getting into 
into mm -hmm. what you'll call a trance or into an expanded state, using breathwork is a lot of work. It really is. Yeah. But like, like you say, and I've, cause I've experienced that where you, you have to, it's sometimes you have to really kind of push your into it and go into it. But then at the end there, there's this kind of, there's almost this bliss state that at least that I find that mm -hmm. where it's almost like you don't even need to breathe. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, I, quite often will go and I kind of have a little trick for myself because I've done it so many times. If I want to push myself that way, of course, I'm open to any kind of experience that needs to come up. But I get to that bliss kind of state and I feel like and so it could be considered like a graph like rebirthing kind of state where I feel like at first I'm I'm almost like dying, you know, I'm choking or I'm underwater and I can't breathe. And then I push through it and I feel like I can breathe underwater that I am one with everyone and everything that there's nothing else that matters, that we're all one, that everything is beautiful and it's just amazing. <laughs> and then I'm like, why did I, re why did I resist this? <laughs> yeah. What, what are some of the reasons why someone might choose breath work over say hypnotherapy or Reiki? Right. So one of the reasons is of course, they don't want to kind of dialogue as much. They want to keep some things personal. Um, another thing is they're very analytical, so they feel like, oh, you're just not gonna be able to take me there. And if you feel that way, then I'm not obviously like, you know, I'm not a magician, you know, mm -hmm. um, or they feel that I just can't drop in quote unquote deep enough. I am too in my head, which really is not a hindrance. That's what your head is for. But you know, it, if that's the way you feel, then breath work might be more for you. Um, some other things is, um, you said over hypnotherapy. I mean, they're kind of, you know, I would say those are the main ones that I would really go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. What are some of the, the influences on your work? Like who, who have you worked with or who do you, who do you look up to as a, I don't know, a mentor or someone that you uh, align yeah. with? So I'm a recent graduate of the neurodynamic breathwork program, which is uh, out in California. And the uh, the teachers there and the founder, they actually are all uh, Stan Graf holotropic uh, breathwork trained. They mm -hmm. developed this program and this this process about five years ago, because as, as you may or may not know, holotropic breathwork is um, it's kind of a long process. And particularly if you're doing workshops, it involves having a sitter and a breather. And so each person's supposed to breathe for three hours. So that takes six hours. Plus, you need to eat in between. And it also involves doing um, a specific uh, type of art therapy, which is mandala drawing. So a typical holotropic breathwork is quite costly and it typically lasts about 12 hours and they only did it in person. So uh, Michael Stone developed this idea of, well, what if we did this online? And I guess everybody was like, no, that can't be done. That's not safe and all that. So of course there, there are some differences. Um, we typically do not have breathers and sitters. Um, it can be done, of course. We breathe for an hour to 90 minutes, depending. Um, the breathwork uh, or the music for the breathwork does follow the same Stan Graf because that was scientifically proven. And it is in that alone was an intense study of the music and how to put that together. Um, and then we do not, we suggest different integrative techniques, but we do not require you to do a mandala. So you might journal, you might go you know, out in nature, whatever kind of works for you. Okay, got it. I was, yeah, I was curious about where neurodynamic uh, came from, like what the lineage is. So, so that's, that's really helpful. 
And did you have experience with holotropic breathwork before you decided to, to jump into the neurodynamic? Yeah, so there's not here in Tampa, Florida, there's not any workshops that I was able to find. But of course, I read all the Stan Groff books and I was like, oh, I wish I could afford that, uh, you know, plane ticket over to Rome to, to, to go or actually to do the holotropic breathwork is a, a nine month process that involves like living on campus for four months. So, oh, if I wanted to train with them, that'd be even more special. <laughs> you know, I'd have to quit my job and my business and my life. So, you know, I experimented with a couple of these other types of breath work and you know it's it's very similar but i really liked how safe and uh, how much scientific research and how much there was with the the neurodynamic and that they were all you know the holotropic people so what is what is a practical way that someone can use breath work to improve their life Oh my goodness. There are so many. So it really depends on, on what you're coming in with. If you have really, you know, if you have a blockage or you feel a blockage or you feel like, oh, I can't get over this. There's so many of those kind of things. Uh, it can be used to, to just experience things. It can be used um, to let go of things. So there's not really a one answer for that. It's really where you are. Um, of course, you have to be in a certain level of good health. You can't have certain conditions to do this kind of work. That's really the one thing that but even if you don't even have anything, if you just want to experience it, because we really do, um, neurodynamic really says not to go in with an expectation. It's okay if you have a kind of general intention, but if you're like, I'm going to go to a past life and, and, and stop this or that, so that's not really, you know, it may or may not happen, but you might be kind of setting yourself up to not drop in and do whatever needs to really be done if you think you know. So it's, I guess what I hear from that then is, you, you know that there's something holding you back. You might know what it is or you don't know what it is. And so you go into this with the intention of uh, like releasing, releasing something like that. Is that kind of the idea that you would go? So not saying. That's a more typical. Yeah. I mean, I've done, so there was a time that, um, I had like, so women are so funny, you know, I this like best friend kind of breakup. Like, you know, we were like, in the same industry and you know then things went awry and so i like really couldn't talk about it because honestly i like don't want to like be that nasty woman or something like that so i came home and i did this like breathwork session where i'm like i just want to like want to get through this or whatever i want i don't want to feel this like whether it be anger or you know sadness or fear and i mean <laughs> it was i was like probably screaming and throwing my pillows for like two hours of breathing but afterwards i was like I had an experience that I had no idea what was going to happen. I had an experience where like we were in a past life together and uh, I had kind of done something to her and she, you know, kind of stabbed me and stuff like that. <laughs> like it's weird stuff. Uh, another time, let's see, another time I just felt like really, really like this tension and like I was like nasty, just like I was like, like ready to, it was cranky, you know? So I breathed and I just like had this physical release, like my muscles like just like shook and I got all this tetany and stuff. And then when it was over, I was like, oh, I feel like I had a massage. <laughs> my partner's like, you oh, know, you should do that more often. <laughs> <laughs> Would you talk a little bit about the, what did you call it? Tet? Yeah, tetany. So tetany is something, so it's funny, a lot of times uh, breathwork facilitators will say, oh, or they won't say anything, which is even worse. But they'll say, oh, it really doesn't happen that often, or it really only happens to first time breathers. Well, I've been doing breathwork, the same kind of style of breathwork for about 10 years. I almost always get tetany. 
Now, I no longer get upset or scared by it, but so tetany is technically, and it's not like the kind of tetany where you need to go get a tetanus shot. That's what people always ask me. It's really uh, your muscles are kind of tensing up and it typically happens like crab hands, but it can happen all over. It can happen in the jaw um, and it is very uncomfortable. It can even be very painful at first, but typically what happens is you kind of panic about that and that makes it worse because you're resisting. And so one of the principles of neurodynamic is what you resist persists. And so if you, any kind of experience you have in the breathwork, if you intensify it, that's going to push you through for the most part. And we also have a couple of different like release work techniques for in-person kind of sessions. But if you're kind of resisting, you're going to make it worse. So the best thing you can do is kind of just relax into it and feel a sense of curiosity. And it typically goes away. And I mean, honestly, I've never left like with crab hands that I couldn't drive. The second you stop the breathing, it's going to, to dissipate within a few moments. But of course, then you've done all this work and had that experience and not got where you felt you wanted to go. So pushing through is amazing. And now I kind of, I honestly, I, I, um, I am very analytical sometimes. So I enjoy when I experience the tetany because I know that that is my mind and my body's way of being like, okay, here we go. Cause the second I let go from that, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let whatever happens happen. The tetany goes away and I, I travel. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually get that too when I'm doing Do breath work. Yeah. Um, what, are there any risks that people need to know about when they're working with their breath? So there's not any risk as long as you're considered healthy enough to do the work. Of course, we don't want you to do the work. I, I'm not going to see somebody under the age of 18. Um, some folks do. I don't see hypnotherapy clients under the age of 18 either, except for very rare occasions. Uh, we wouldn't want you to do this breath work if you had an aneurysm, if you had, um, you know, glaucoma, uh, you know, uh, aneurysm, glaucoma, um, cardiac, uncontrolled high blood pressure, the typical kind of things that that would be. Mm. And if you do think that you're healthy enough, you're still going to get a doctor to say that. And the doctor has to understand what what the breathwork is kind of thing, because what it is doing is changing the pressure in your brain. It's changing the of course, pregnancy is a big one, too, because you're changing your blood from, you know, the normal to more alkaline, which is healthy, of course, for a regular person, but not for a fetus or something like that. So provided you don't have any of the, and there's more, there's a long list of contraindications, not that long, but you know, there's some that are um, judgment calls, if you will, that require a medical referral. So for instance, PTSD, this kind of breath work is very, very good for PTSD. But if you're not aware of what's going to happen or you don't have a support group and not so good, you know, you have to have somebody to, you know, to go home and process with. Um, you know, of course, we're not going to do it for schizophrenia, bipolar, same with hypnosis. Uh, but a lot of the things are just, you know, if you have um, osteoporosis to the point where like breathing or moving might hurt your bones, those kind of things. So a lot of it is very common sense if, if you're, you know, trained in it and stuff like that, too. If you're having if you just had a surgery, because you do move a lot, you know, and it's hard work, like I said. So. <laughs> okay, so if you if you're generally healthy, it's not usually an issue, but if you have one of these types of possible- If you're generally healthy, it's actually good for you. Uh, we do so many things that acidify our, our bodies, uh, all the toxins we take in, just breathing some of the air, you know, when it's not. And so that is not good for us. So, you know, eating kale is alkalizing. Um, the Wim Hof, going into the ice baths, the cryotherapy alkalizes your blood. So alkalizing is really good for you. So even if you felt like absolutely nothing happened and you did a session, your body, your blood is getting this healthful response kind of thing. 
Are there other health benefits that you get from the, the breath work? I think there's a lot of them. Uh, so scientifically, there's the alkalosis kind of thing. Um, there's the release to, um, you know, some folks, they feel like they don't do anything. So it is possible to kind of drop into a, a trance-like state where you kind of almost stop breathing. It sounds scary, but it's yoga nidra is basically what it is, yogic sleep. Mm -hmm. And so that is healing too. You're kind of getting, because your inner guiding intelligence is going to lead you to whatever experience you need. If you're over sleep deprived and it's not good for your body to breathe, then you might get that experience. And so folks might say, oh, I feel like nothing happened. I was sleeping. But stuff is still releasing because your mind and your body moved you into basically delta sleep waves in a 90 second or 90 minute period while you're doing this breath work. So you're really getting a lot of benefits to say exactly who gets what. That's not my job. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then what do you, I, I know, so you, you're in a lot of these different spaces of, of healing, a lot of them having to do with tr trance states, right? So hypnosis, you're taking somebody into a hypnotic trance with, mm -hmm with neurodynamic breath work, your, their breath is taking them into a trance. Mm -hmm. You might even say when you're working with somebody with Reiki or even in yoga, they're going into a certain state of consciousness in those types of things. What, what's making you excited about the future of altered states of consciousness and personal growth? I feel that one of my main excitements for myself is that it's so natural. Um, and so there's so many medications, I'm not saying medication is bad. There are medications that, that, you know, should be taken and need to be taken, but there are so many that statistically say the placebo effect is the same, or you take this medication and the side effects require you to take another medication. So the, I feel the more that we can do on our own naturally, um, the better we are. I mean, who needs to put drugs into their system if they don't really need them? It also empowers people because people feel broken. They feel like they need someone else to fix them. I'm not fixing anybody. I'm sitting here and holding space. Now that is very healing. Sometimes, you know, uh, a doctor doesn't have the time. I'm not saying doctors are bad. Um, and they, it's just the way the system works. So, I mean, I can sit here and if somebody needs me to hold their hand or, or to to cover them or to give them water because they have tetany when they're breathing, that can kind of make them feel, you know, even more empowered because they're not, you know, being told you're broken or, or feeling like and if they didn't have they call it, um, you know, trauma of omission. If they didn't have enough touch when they were young, well, they're in the breathwork because they're in this expanded state. It is okay and, and considered normal for someone to to be like, I, you know, and we have a contract, of course, because you don't want to just do this when they're in an expanded state. But beforehand, say I really need someone to hold my hand or maybe to kind of, you know, appropriately hold me or hug me or, you know, with a pillow or whatever it is, or to kind of spladdle me kind of thing. And so that can just be even more healing. It can heal things from past lives, past childhood kind of thing too. So I just feel that this is just such amazing work and so natural and it's, it's all within the person, the client. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Ashley, what do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, I just want to be remembered for, for really holding space for folks mm -hmm. and really being compassionate and for, you know, honoring my own self and where I've come from and saying, you can do this too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, it's so powerful when you've gone through like you, your story 
will resonate with a lot of people listening to this. I'm sure having gone, everyone has their own challenges and to, to have hear what you've gone through and, and the changes that you've made from being stuck in your home, right? Unable to do anything to and then losing that. It wasn't even a house. It was an apartment and then losing that. Cause I couldn't uh-huh. work. So. Right. And, and here you are now um, a business owner and doing all these different fantastic, amazing change work modalities and helping making a big impact on people's lives. Thank you. Ashley, if somebody wants to learn more about you, what's the best way for them to do that? So probably the best way is to go on the website, which is going to be www.unwindthemind.com. And of course, I'm on all the social media, but that'll take anybody who's not anywhere. Um, They can also call too. The business phone is 727-871-3111. We're located in Tampa, Florida, but we do Zoom. And I, and I know that you have a, a gift that you were offering. Can you tell us about the, the gift that you've put together for us? Yeah, so it's a little opt-in gift. You'll have to follow a link um, that after you follow it, then there's a second link, of course. Uh, it'll ask for your email. So it's going to give you a, a hypnotic programming recording that I made upon about releasing limiting beliefs. I think it's about 25 or 28 minutes long. Uh, we ask you don't do that while you're driving the car or anything like that, of course. And then what it'll also give you, and you can opt out of this at any time if you want, is every Monday at noon, I do a Facebook Live, which then goes to all the other socials too, including YouTube and stuff. But that is called Mindful Monday, and it's a different topic. It's pretty short, uh, but we also give you a PDF, a weekly PDF on the topic. So if you didn't want to watch or you don't want to be bothered with social media, you still get kind of a printout. So today's was about overcoming perfectionism. Last week's was about how to be more vulnerable. So the whole Brene Brown was the past couple of weeks kind of thing, but it's always different. Sometimes we do a process and it is a little longer, but there's always that PDF cheat sheet to tell you how to do it on your own. Nice. I will make sure that there are links to the website, to your social media, and to that recording, as well as the other ones uh, that are applicable in the (laughs) show notes. Sweet. Thank Uh, you. and, And Ashley, what's the one thing that you would like the listeners to leave with today? I think that probably if I were to talk about neurodynamic breathwork, the two uh, main principles that we follow is probably the best that you can do. And that's to trust that you have this inner guiding intelligence, just that uh, if I were to get a little paper cut, I don't have to consciously think about sending white blood cells there to prevent infection, about clotting agents there to, to stop the bleeding, about all this stuff. It just happens naturally. And I, we believe our psyches have that same kind of ability for the most part. Of course, there are the deeper issues, uh, but for the most part, we have this inner guiding intelligence. And the second is to just surrender, surrender to, to who you are, to where you are, to the process kind of thing. Fantastic advice, both of that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Ashley. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.